Hello starters, this is Daniel. Today being November 24th, 2020 on a wonderful Taco Tuesday. And with me I have my faithful partner in crime, the wife. How you doing, babe? I'm alright. Yeah, doing pretty good? Yeah. Yeah, you Saints won. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I so, know. So you gotta be... Cowboys probably pulled one off too. Wow, yeah, it's been uh, an eventful week. Uh, and that's putting it lightly, right? Um, so just real quick update, guys. Uh, we did not record last week. I, I wasn't feeling well, non-corona related. So no, I did not catch the Rona. Um, just was not feeling well. And so that kind of put a, uh, threw a wrench in our plans and just, there wasn't a, a pod episode last week, but we're back. That's what's important. We yeah. bounced right back. Bigger. Stronger, faster, I think. Um, so let's go ahead and get started with some questions around the NFL. Okay, so I guess this is where I step in. All right, so we had a huge injury to Joe Burrow against the Washington football team. How impactful do you think that injury is going to be to the Bengals? It's a major, a major injury. Um, torn ACL and MCL on that right leg. Of course, that kind of stopped the trajectory of the Bengals being able to move forward and win more than, you know, two, three games this season. So, yeah, it's going to suck. Um, he immediately tweeted, you know, I'll see you guys next season. You can't get rid of me that easily, you know, just um, relatively speaking. I'm not quoting. But, uh, yeah, uh, he knew, you knew what time it was. Uh, he knew that he wasn't going to be able to come back. I mean, when you get carted off, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. Right. So yeah, it kind of, it kind of sucks. Uh, that's their first round draft pick first pick overall Joe mm -hmm. Burrow from LSU. So, you know, I was supposed to be their stud, that guy, but let this be a lesson also for the Bengals, man. They have to have, they have to get this time around in the draft. They have to get offensive linemen. Uh, the protection that Joe Joe has back there is atrocious. He's getting hit left and right. Uh, aside from Russell Wilson, I think he is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. And that, you know, it, it can't happen. Especially when it's a young quarterback. Young, when I mean that, I mean by experience in the NFL. This is his first year. And, you know, he's getting a very uh, rude awakening of what the NFL is. So. Right. Kind of sucks. Yeah, part of the game, though. All right, your thoughts on Tua getting benched mid-game? Well, um, I'm going to go with Coach Brian Flores here and say that that was due to performance, uh, not so much just because, but, of course, he, he wasn't doing very well. Um, it gets a while. It, it takes a while to get acclimated to Mile High Stadium in Denver. Um, that's where they were playing. And, of course, you know, fortunately, the, the Dolphins lost that game 13-20. to um, to the Broncos, uh, my hats off to the Broncos. They were able to pull it off. I mean that uh, Dolphins defense is scary, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, if you don't perform well, more than likely, uh, your your coach is going to pull you. Right. Um, the the mentality of the Dolphins is win now, and you know do better than last year. Especially if you're going to justify getting the second overall uh, draft pick um, in the draft. Okay. 
All right, and so what were your thoughts about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers losing to the Colts? Uh, I don't want to say it was expected, but if someone was going to give the Packers a run for their money, it was definitely going to be the Colts. Um, they have the number one offensive line in the NFL, along with a very good quarter, experienced quarterback in Phillip Rivers. Um, he's been he's been doing well, surprisingly well. I didn't think that he was going to be this good at this stage of his career, um, given you know what the previous seasons have shown us. He's just prone to throw interception after interception after interception. But I mean, ten games in, and they're seven and three, which is more than what I can say what he was able to do with the Chargers um, at you know throughout his uh, time there. So yeah, I mean, it it is what it is. The Colts walk away by a field goal in overtime. So I mean, it was some great football played that you know that Sunday, last Sunday. Okay. So. Good old Big Ben and the Steelers still remain undefeated. How is that possible? Coaching. It's great coaching. Um, Mike Tomlin needs to be candidate for Coach of the Year again. I mean, taking his team to 10-0, and it is not easy to win in the NFL, let alone remain undefeated at, at this stage of the season. Uh, you know, Can they remain undefeated throughout the you know, entire season, uh, I really doubt it. But they're clicking in all cylinders. Uh, there have been some questionable games where they barely won, but they were able to figure it out, come back to the board, figure out the kinks and the and the issues, and you know, work on those and uh, make adjustments. So that's what football is all about. It's about making adjustments and being able to bounce back from adversity. Do you see them going to the Super Bowl? That's a very good question. Uh, if there is a team that deserves going to the Super Bowl, it is definitely the Steelers. Uh, do I see them going to the Super Bowl? Man, you got to get through. You got to get through a few other contenders in order to be able to do that. Um, but it is very possible. I'll give them a sixty-five percent chance of going to the Super Bowl. Okay. All right, so are the Seahawks a true contender? It's another question I feel like we, we ask every week about some type of team, but this week we're going to talk about the Seahawks. Yeah, at this point in time, being what we've been shown from the Seahawks, it, it's uh, it's a no. I don't think so. Uh, because, remember, offense puts up points, but defense wins championships. Um, the Seahawks were known for their defense back in their glory days a few years ago. That defense is no longer there. They brought in Carlos Dunlap, Dunlap, but that's only one individual. And yes, he's been doing, you know, particularly well. I don't want to say he's been spectacular, but he's been doing well. He's been doing well. Um, you know, and it kind of sucks because Russell Wilson has, has had to do everything. You know, when they ask him to extend plays, he's able to do it uh, and able to take punishment as well. Uh, to avoid, you know, having to, you know, throw another pick or another fumble. And yet, you know, here they are. They're still in the, you know, in the chase for a wild card, uh, for a wild card position. So, yeah, I don't think they make it past the first round if they make it to the playoffs. 
Wow. I mean, they're 7-3. and three. They have a very good chance of making it to the playoffs, but you don't think they're going to make it? They, they're going to make it, but they won't make it past the first round. Oh, okay. uh, it's just, it's, it's, it, it's hard because that particular um, division is the number one division in the NFL. But aren't they second in their division right now? Second in the division, but here come Arizona. Okay. All right, so how would you describe the Browns this season? The Browns, man, uh, who'd have thought, right? Seven and three also. Um, not a bad team. They've been able to, the Browns have basically been able to beat who they've had to beat, right? The Bengals beat them. Um, these like subpar, quote unquote, subpar teams, they've been able to beat. Um, they haven't necessarily beaten anything, anyone that you would say, wow, that was a, you know, that was a great win for the, for the Browns, but I mean, they've handled business, right? And uh, the coach, you know, Kevin Stefanski has been able to, Turn the culture around there, which is amazing to me. Um, do they miss OBJ? No, I don't think so. I don't think they miss him at all. Um, Baker Mayfield seems to be, you know, been able to, you know, somewhat drive the bus. But ultimately, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the driving force for this particular team. So, kudos to them and being able to put in a, win- a winning formula together and execute it accordingly. Okay. So let's move on to the Detroit Lions and the Panthers. Um, amazingly, the Lions didn't put up any points against Carolina. How how did they manage that? Man, I can't recall the last time an NFL team put up a goose egg in a you know regular season re- regular season game at the you know dead in the middle of the of the season, and it's. Um, I think there are going to be some calls for Matt Patricia, the, the head coach for the Detroit Lions, for his job. Um, because here the Detroit Lions were you know, hiring Matt Patricia because he is a product of the Bill Belichick school of coaching. And yet they've gotten, they've gotten nowhere. Um, Matt Stafford threw for zero touchdowns. I mean, they absolutely did nothing. And if you are not able to put up any points, that means that you didn't even put up a fight. You just kind of laid there and took it and said, well, I guess, you know, we're going to eat this L tonight or today. And it, and it sucks. It sucks for the Detroit fans that, you know, are scattered everywhere. And it, you know, just think about the people that also, you know, if they are able to go to the games, for those who paid for that for that ticket or buy the mer- merchandise, to know that your team laid up a goose egg on Sunday, it, it's it's a little embarrassing. Wow, that that's that's a lot. Um, well, that you said a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's troubling. Anyways, um, so I have the same question for two different teams, and this is going to be for Baltimore and New England. Is there trouble? Trouble in Baltimore? Baltimore Is there trouble uh, in New England? You know, on Sunday I was thinking, nah, you know what, you guys, maybe we're making this, you know, whole Lamar struggling a bigger deal than we really are. But I forget when I say those things that Lamar Jackson isn't the team. He is a primary focus of the team, 
but he's not the team. And unfortunately, right now, the team as a whole is struggling. Uh, is it cause for concerns? Concern? Absolutely. Because, you know, you guys were the Baltimore Ravens last year were incredible. They were 11-5. and And, you know, they made it to the playoffs. Unfortunately, you lost in the playoffs. But, you know, they were supposed to be amazing this season. And, you know, it's been less than less than stellar. It um, kind of makes you, makes you scratch your head a little bit. And, uh, you know, the news keep breaking that COVID, COVID tests came back positive. Amongst them, you know, their, their primary uh, running backs, uh, J.K. Dobbins and um, Mark Ingram. So, you know, those are the primary running backs. And, you know, they have that uh, running back by committee over there. So, yeah, at this point in time, now on Tuesday, yes, they are. It, there, there is trouble in Baltimore, for sure. Because how, do you, how are you going to contain this situation called COVID within your organization? All right, and what about New England? In New England, oh man, that's that's tough, right? How do you replace Tom Brady? And is another question there as well? Is Cam Newton the answer? You know, I think yes, there is cause for concern um, because at this point in time, the Dolphins, the Dolphins, a much younger, inexperienced team, is doing better than your experienced coaching staff in New England so yeah there is cause for concern there um you know it's not all on cam the defense is it's horrible it is horrible I understand that certain players you know opted out of the of the NFL season due to COVID and that's understandable I get it you know if I was in that position I'd probably do the same thing but that should alone give or at least provide the opportunity for, you know, the second, third string, you know, players to step up and showcase their skills, show them how hungry they are. Man, but so far, unfortunately, they have not been able to show that. So, yeah, there's absolutely cause for concern at this point. All right. And um, on to the Chargers. They they won a game. Now, it's not their first win of the season. It's actually the third, but, I mean, they did play a team that hasn't won any games. Yeah, and those are, like I said earlier, those are the games that you you kind of just go on your schedule and circle as, I don't want to say automatic win, but a very high, highly probable win. So, yeah, I mean, they... Well, they didn't just... They didn't just come in and sweep the Jets. I mean, it was 34-28. So, you know, the Jets did put up a fight. Yeah. Yeah, but when you're when the team is 0 and what? 0 and 9 oh, and at 10 this point. Now. Well, 0 and 10 now, yeah. You know, you do kind of expect to go in there with a certain level of confidence and say, "Okay, we should be able to beat this team," right? Um there was an, an issue or there's still a lingering issue in Los Angeles, well, at least within the Chargers organization, that they weren't able to finish games prior to this game. But, I mean, they were able to go ahead and do it this time around. So, yeah, at the end of the day, again, they end, ended up taking care of business. So, congratulations to Justin Herbert. I know he was excited about it. 
And, uh, you know, Mike Williams had a, a monster game as well. Um, so kudos to them. Okay. Let's talk about Mahomes and how they did um, with the Raiders. They actually, of course, won that game 35-31. Man. Okay. So a lot of people have been saying, you know, why, why are the Steelers supposedly the number one in the rankings and the Chiefs are the number two in the rankings? Because twice now, the Raiders have given the Chiefs a run for their money Every single time. And every single time, you know, it, it's come real, real close. Within a score, and by scoring a touchdown or a field goal, either way, and it's it's kind of like they're exposing the Chiefs a little bit. The Raiders are. Um, Las Vegas, unfortunately, had to take the L at home in that beautiful new um, facility um, so that we have to go check out one day here in Las Vegas. But <clears throat> at any rate... Uh, yeah, it's been, it's a little concerning, right? But also, it just shows you the ability that Patrick Mahomes possesses when he he moves with the football and is able to throw under run. I mean, it, it's second to none, right? We haven't seen that type of ability since maybe Aaron Rodgers seven, ten years ago, and. You know, congratulations to the Chiefs. They are still the champions. They have, they are proving why they're still the champions. So, I mean, that's not taking anything. Again, nothing taken away from the Raiders and the way that they have been playing this season. They've been playing, I mean, very, very well. I don't want to say excellent, but they've been, you know, very, very, they've been playing very, very well. But did you, did you say the Chiefs are second? Yeah, in the power rankings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because in the AFC West, they're they're actually ranked first. The first, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Divisional wise, yeah. Okay. All right. So moving on, what do you think about Tom Brady not shaking hands with Jared Goff in last night's defeat to the Rams? Well, what can I say? Um, I think if you play sports since you were a kid. After each game, what's the what's the tradition or what's the sportsman like behavior that you display after the game? You go, you shake the whole team hand, the coach, everybody. Right, exactly. High five them, whatever. Win, lose, draw, whatever. Exactly. Um, Tom Brady has shown this pattern of behavior where he, where he's super salty and he won't shake hands with the other quarterback. Example. Childish. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. Um, Perhaps. But at the end of the day, I mean, the examples are, are there, right? Eli Manning beat him in the Super Bowl not once, twice, in his prime, didn't shake his hand. But here's the thing, too. When Drew Brees has beaten Tom Brady and the Bucks, Tom Brady makes it a point to go look for Drew Brees. So it seems as though as he's picking and choosing who he's shaking hands with, Right? Now I get Jared Goff is he's a quote unquote newbie. Is this is what his third, fourth year in the NFL? So I don't know if it's maybe because he doesn't know Jared Goff like that or He doesn't have the I if you ask me, it's like you don't have the same level of respect. So yeah. therefore it's like, eh, you're nobody to me, so I'm not gonna you're nobody for me to shake your hand. Breeze is <laughs> 
Breeze is Breeze. Hall now. of Fame. Yeah. So therefore, yeah, even if I lose to you, I'm gonna go shake your hand because you're worthy. Mm-hmm. Still childish to me. I'm sorry, I gotta say it's still childish to to pick and choose like that. Regardless of who they are, you should still be shaking hands. I mean, that's what I would. That's what we teach our kids, right? Yeah. I'm sure that's what he teaches his kids. Hopefully, that's what he's teaching kids. I mean, that's just not a good example to be setting forth. Exactly. And, you know, people will say, oh, it's a COVID, you know, it's a COVID season. You got to be careful about who you shake hands with. Again, these are examples with Drew Brees and other, you know, uh, the Packers also with other uh, quarterbacks where he's, you know, go up there and, and shake the other dude's hand. So, man, as we said earlier in the episode, of course, Cowboys won. So that's uh, it's a little bit of a big deal for you. For me, this is a this is a divided home, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Sunday and uh, and football, um, of course, the Saints won as well. Um, kudos to them; they they won without uh, Drew Brees. I personally thought they were going to put James Winston in the football game on Sunday. They were going to start him, but instead they did. They went with Taysom Hill. And he, who, yeah, he played his butt off. Yeah. He did it. He's not even the backup quarterback. And he played fantastic. The whole team did, really. They went, it's like they, they came together. They knew their main quarterback wasn't there. They knew what they were going to have to do. And they did it. That is a true team. They came in and they did what they had to do. And they, and they won. Good job, Saints. For real, no, it's absolutely. It's it's been, it was a, a true test for the team, right? To show that hey, we can win without Michael Thomas. We can win without Drew Brees. Now, I don't want to put this on anyone, but what happens if Kamara needs to take a break? What do you do then? Because ultimately, Kamara was or is, again, one of those driving forces for that team. Um, not downplaying, you know what they do, but I think it's, I think we you have to owe it to the to the staff to the to the coaching staff because they drew up the plan and they said okay this is what we're gonna do, the players bought into the plan and of course they executed it beautifully, right? What was the final score? Twenty four to nine against the Falcons. Uh huh. Gee Willikers, let's check out these stats real quick. So. Mark Ryan, or I'm not. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, 19 for 37, 232 yards and two interceptions. Not a single score. Todd Gurley. So basically, these are all field goals, what I'm looking at here, because no one scored a single touchdown. Um, Taysom Hill pretty much led the team in rushing yards on the other end at New Orleans. 10 carries, 51 yards, and two touchdowns. So, I mean, up. what what else can you ask for? You you have to win the game because this is clearly Atlanta's unfortunately a more more inferior team to New Orleans. So they, you, you have to you have to handle it. You have to take care of it. Um, so moving on to the Cowboys, man. The Cowboys had a had a very very good game in terms of effort. I love the effort. I think it was about time that we saw. This team on Sunday, right? A team that was able to not only be competitive, but close out the game, right? 
Um, there were obviously things that they weren't able to control, like Adam Thielen walking away with two touchdowns. That that's kind of you know it's kind of tough to contain Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook also being able to contain him and keep him at bay and not allow him to run for 200, 300 yards in a single game. You know that that takes a lot. So the key plays here were Justin Jefferson, you know, dropping an easy completion in the fourth quarter with like two minutes left to go. Um, an outstanding coverage from Jordan Lewis on Adam Thielen, making it fourth and six. Then Alden Smith with a huge pressure on Kirk Cousins. You know, at that point in time, Kirk Cousins turns the ball over. Cowboys win the game, right? But the to me, what stood up the most was Dalton Schultz uh, throwing the ball to, um, excuse me, Andy Dalton <laughs> throwing the ball to Dalton Schultz and catches the ball for an easy pass and makes the game 31-28 to with a minute 37 left in the game and Cowboys walk away with the win. Um, sad news, unfortunately, there was a, a issue today reported out of the star at Frisco uh, one of the strength or the strength and conditioning coach, uh, I believe his name is uh, Marcus Paul, um, had to be transported to the uh, to a hospital here in Dallas. Um, there were initial reports saying that unfortunately he had passed away, uh, non-corona related, this and that and the other. Those reports prove have been proven to be false. Uh, coach Paul at this particular point in time is still undergoing tests and is still at the hospital. So thoughts and prayers to his family. Um, I know, you know, as head of, of a family, um, if something were to, to happen, you know, we want thoughts and prayers our way as well. So nothing but positive vibes and good thoughts, uh, to that, to that, uh, to that family for sure. Definitely. Okay. So, now we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and switch gears a little bit. We're gonna talk about the NBA. Um, of course, the story of the NBA. If there've been trades left and right, Clippers turning into Lakers, uh, Lakers leaving the Lakers organization to be elsewhere. Um, but the biggest story of all at this particular point in time is James Harden potentially. Joining the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving, KD, Kevin Durant, and coach Steve Nash. Now, of course, I've interacted on Twitter with a few folks in regards to this. And, uh, you know, I've voiced my opinion. I'll I'll say it again. I'll, I'll go on record saying it. If indeed it does take place, I don't feel as though that trio would work out. And and why do I say that? Because Kyrie Irving is a very enigmatic personality. And by enigmatic, I mean no one knows what's going on in Kyrie Irving's mind, right? He has a mind of his own and he just kind of does what he does. Not to take away from his skills, he's an incredible ball player. You know, I don't think there is another po- true point guard such as him in the a- NBA right now that we comp- that we can compare him to. Um, 
Now, KD, of course, KD is KD, former MVP, amazing talent. He's coming back from an injury. And then you have James Harden, who can put up 50 points, give you 12 assists, and 7 rebounds on any given night. The problem here is that there's only one basketball and three major personalities. So I ask you this, wifey. What would you do if you're Steve Nash and you have these three massive personalities that you're wanting to pretty much drive to the promised land? I'd make them all go sit down and watch The Last Dance. Yeah? Because that showed big personalities as well, um, all coming together to for one reason, to play ball, to enjoy the game, and to win championships. Because... I mean, they they had, uh, uh, of course, Jordan, Pittman, uh, Scotty, and Rodman. Rodman, thank you. And so all three of them, especially Rodman, you know, they had to go get him from Vegas and tell him, you got a game to play. That's the same thing that you would have <laughs> in this situation. You know, you have three major personalities. I don't think that Scotty was probably... I think he was probably a lot more soft-spoken. Um, but at the same time, they were all three major basketball players, and they had to learn to play together on one team. It's possible. They just all have to be willing to let everyone shine and play the game as a team. Basketball is a true team sport. Basketball, one person can make or break a team, sorry to say, but it is a team sport and it takes everybody playing together. So you you really want all three of them and that's for that's for any team in the league. You know, you've got everybody making superstar teams at this point. And if you have someone that you don't think is going to play well with someone else, sit them down. Why show them how the greats did it. I'm I'm not saying that there weren't greats before Jordan because of course that there there were, but I mean Make them watch old film and watch them how they play together. Watch the old coaches. That's how I would do it. Yeah, and I honestly feel as though they would make a lot of noise. And and it's also, I think, how you handle the situation, right? Because when we look at how Miami did it, Miami said they were going to bring not one, not two, not three, not four, not five championships. This was LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. Remember that? And the whole spectacle, and I'm taking my, you know, uh, talents to South Beach, and, you know, the whole presentation, and they ended up burn, uh, crashing and burning against the Mavericks that first year. And, you know, Second and third, they got their championships. But the fourth, you could just see LeBron was checked out, had checked out. Bosch, unfortunately, had that medical condition. And D-Wade, well, I mean, unfortunately, D-Wade, he was great, but he's old. And so that's one of the things that you have to look at. Harden and KD, they're both, their window is closing slowly but surely. If... Well, I mean, KD has already had his, his championship. Right. He's already gotten his ring. Right. Um, and regardless of whether he did it with a super team or he didn't do it with a super team, at the end of the day, it's all about winning the championship, right? 
because no one gives it to you. You have to still play, you know, a, a, a total of X games in a season and then go on the playoffs and win, you know, a seven-game series every every series. So, again, James Harden's opportunity here is, is just, like, closing so quickly. And uh, does he want money? Absolutely not. This man is, you know, just making money in his sleep. What he wants is a ring. Whether or not he believes he can get it with Houston, that's a whole different ball game. And can he get it with Brooklyn? Uh, I I say no. I unfortunately I say no because again those personalities. Who's going to take the last shot when it comes down to it? You know who is going to lead the team the team in the locker room? You know does James Harden have that leadership pedigree that you'll look at? Does Kyrie Irving have it? We know that Kyrie, you know, wanted to be the man in Cleveland. As soon as LeBron left, he said, okay, I'm staying here two more seasons. I'm out. I'm off to Boston. Couldn't leave Boston. Ended up leaving Boston. He's now in Brooklyn. Hadn't been able to stay healthy for more than, you know, 20 games a couple seasons ago. And so, again, it's just, there's a lot, a lot to be taken into consideration there. Uh, Another topic that I want to talk about here is how much hype we're giving LaMelo Ball. And LaMelo Ball, of course, you know, part of the Ball family, Lonzo and Lamar, and or LaVar, LaVar Ball, and then, um, you know, uh, not LaMelo, but uh, Lonzo came into the NBA super hyped. He was supposed to be the next, the next Jason kid, you know, just coming straight into the league and taking the league by storm. He ended up going to the to the Lakers, played for the Lakers. He was traded to New Orleans. He's now with New Orleans, and he has been able to progress into that, I want to say superstar, but a star of a ball player that we all thought we were going to be able to see earlier in his career. Now, I've said this, again, on Twitter as well, and I've discussed it with uh, very different people. All you're showing me is his highlights in the NBL, New Zealand Basketball League. And let's be honest, overseas, the, the game is developing into, into a much better, much faster game. But it's still not the NBA, right? And it's still definitely not college ball. At that, you know, in the team that he was in, he was able to do a lot, but he still made some decisions that were not, I wouldn't want to say NBA decisions or decisions that like were suspect at times. You know, he avoids contact at any cost, and I, I understand why. You know, nobody wants to get hurt, especially if, you're, if your dreams are to, you know, go to the NBA next season. But he has this, like... When he's unable to to shoot, he doesn't just get rid of the ball and pass it or dishes it out. He just throws this like floating elbow shot, which you know if you know ball, it it will if you know basketball, it will drive coaches insane. Floaters are like your last resource that you should be using as a as a legitimate shot to the hoop, and so. What I don't understand is why are we so hyped up about a kid 
essentially, who has had a series of issues off the court, and I won't say so much on the court, but off the court, and then in def- he don't play any defense. He's very kind of like nonchalant on defense. And why are we so enamored with him? Is it because of the name ball? Does that name mean anything to you in particular, hon? The fact that, you know, he's the son of LeVar and... I really don't care about him necessarily being the son of LeVar, but I mean, he is a ball brother. So therefore, I mean, we, we know what his talents are possibly, what his potential possibly is, um, a lot more than just the average, you know, newer newcomer to the NBA. Even, I mean, even more so than people that we've watched play, um, in college because they have so much attention on them. So therefore it's not necessarily, you know, that he's LeVar's son. It's what potential he could possibly bring to the game. And I would say, you know, at one point it sounds like you were saying, you know, they're only showing you the highlights. Well, let's be very honest. They only show us the highlights. I mean, truly from just about any player, that's you know coming in they they only they only show us what this kid is you know possibly able to do and and it's not unless you actually follow them and you're paying attention to what they're able to do um that you're really seeing anything more than just the highlights and so i mean i get it i mean we've got another one in the in the league we want to see what he's gonna do it's it's like he's famous in the league before he's even actually played a game in the league. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's just like in um, when we talk about football and we're talking about these, these newbies in football. They haven't made it. What was that guy? Uh, that, Johnny Menzel. Thank you. I mean, you were talking a couple of weeks ago about how he sold all this merchandise before he even stepped a foot on a football field. Same thing with the Ball Brothers. It is that name that is going to attract people to watch him and see what he's going to do. It's going to put, you know, if the, if they allow people to come in and watch the game, it's going to put butts in the seats. They want they want all of that. I'm all for it. Yeah, it's And you know, it's and it's just it's going to be just as much of a topic as it is right now if he doesn't come and produce. So just think about how much pressure is on his head versus some of these other ones that yes they're they're great. I mean, we haven't other than us being in Dallas, we haven't heard a lot about um the kid that we that the Mavericks just picked up. So it's like yes, he has pressure, but I think that being a ball brother puts even more pressure on him to produce within the NBA. I mean, as soon as he as soon as he steps on the court. You don't I don't think that all these other rookies have as much pressure on them. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things, right, that one of the things, excuse me, that at least for me, it kind of, kind of, um, kind of leaves, you know what they say, like over, under deliver, and then over whatever, I don't know how, what the saying goes, but under, under deliver, overperform, right? That's one of the things that unfortunately the internet has taken from us because we're seeing these highlights from across the globe into you know the palm of our hands within minutes and uh we didn't have that back you know 10 15 20 years ago but now we do 
and we expect to see what he's doing over there to, uh, to, and to come over here into the NBA, the elites, and prove that you can be able to do it here. And I think that kind of takes away from the enamorment of it all. Um, I don't know. That that may be just me. But uh, kudos to LeVar Ball for selling his brand, his kids. Basically, he would, he would, I remember like it was yesterday when Alonzo was coming out of UCLA and he would just get on TV and he would be at least on two or three different shows, the same network, you know, at different times of the day. And he would just be hyping his kids up and getting you to buy his $400 tennis shoes and all that stuff. And believe it or not, people are doing that. And, you know, I think it's the hype, really. I think that's what kind of makes me just kind of pump the brakes a little bit and say, hmm, I don't know if I if I trust and believe. Is it is he going to put butts in seats? Absolutely. Because people want to see the, you know, high-flying dunks and, you know, the amazing assists and stuff like that. That's why we... You know, go and see Luca. That's why we go and see and tune in to watch LeBron and Lakers and them. Um, because at the end of the day, it's entertainment. It's a business. It's a show. The fact that we analyze, overanalyze it, it's just a whole different ball game. But, but I think um, that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, because that's not my job, but I enjoy doing it. And more than anything, I enjoy doing it with you. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. You're in for this for the long haul, so get ready. No, when the I, didn't, NBA... I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> you were kind of uh, voluntold. Oh. Is that it? I didn't know you got to do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know how you tell me, hey, uh, do you want to take the trash out? That's options. Yeah. Yeah, you do have the option Back to... Back to the sports. <laughs> to record tonight or tomorrow, but you did it tonight, so there you go. Um, one more, one more, uh, thing before we leave, Chris Paul going to the Phoenix Suns and joining, and I cannot be more proud of this kid, Devin Booker. Devin Booker is a pure scorer and he's now teaming up with Chris Paul in Phoenix. I love it. I I, I can't wait to see it. I think I'm going to tune in to every Phoenix Suns game that I could possibly watch and check out that duo because it's going to be amazing. Um, When, as he was growing up, Devin Booker actually went to CP3's basketball camp and was able to learn from one of the greatest point guards that the history, the history of the league. And so now he gets to play with them. Can you imagine that? That's, that's incredible to me. Um, And the reason that I say I'm, more proud of this cat is because he's black and he's Mexican. He's he's mixed with black and Mexican, which is, you know, that's that's a, it's amazing to me. So yeah, from the Phoenix Suns, you didn't know that? No, I'm like I think it's I think it's uh on the what I I don't know. I think it's a little contradicting. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. I did. It just took me by surprise for you to say. Yeah. That you're even more excited because he's black and Mexican. Yeah. Which is, you know... Well, my daughters are black and Mexican. They got a little bit of white in there, too. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Muffy, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, just because of his their, his race, you're even... Anyways, we won't, we won't get well, into, I mean, into it's, all of that. It's, I, you don't get to see a whole... Let me just put it to you like this. Just clarify. You don't get to see a whole lot of Mexican... Basketball players. You well, see, he's not Mexican. You see Latino of, of of Mexican heritage. You see Latinos. The last 
Mexican born player in the NBA, I believe, was Eduardo Nahara, and that was ages ago. So you don't think that, like, just the Hispanic culture overall, it has to be Mexican? No, no, no. They're well represented, but the reason that I'm saying this is because I am Mexican. Yeah, I know so, that, but okay. I, of course I know that. I was just, I'm just saying, I mean, because we got a uh, baby. We got baby on the court, so. Oh, J.J. Barrera? Yeah. Well, J.J. Barrera is Puerto Rican. Yes, but I'm saying that's why I said Hispanic. Yeah. Anyways. We, we, Are we well represented in the NBA? Absolutely. Am I proud of them? You bet. Every every day, I mean, Al Horford is a Hall of Famer. He's Dominican. J.J. Barrera, Puerto Rican. And I could go on and on and on, you know, naming Hispanics in the NBA. In the NBA. It, right. And, and it just goes to show you the NBA, what a great job they've done of globalizing the sport. Right? It's not just an American sport at this point in time. It's it's a global, worldwide sport. It's it's kind of like... Well, that's why it's played in the Olympics as what's, well. I mean, it's... Yeah. What soccer is to the world, Well, right? that's true, too. And it's not just like football. Not that there's anything wrong with football, but they haven't just been able to globalize the sport like the NBA has. Right. Just, All right. I want to go back to football for just one final question. Football. Of course, um, in just a few days... Well, starting tomorrow, I'll be in the kitchen cooking, cooking, cooking. Gobble, and gobble. Anyways, on Thanksgiving, your Cowboys play. I want to know how well you think they're going to do. I mean, like I said, I predicted this. Did I not predict it? In yeah. our last podcast, they were going to come out. They were going to play well on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then I don't personally think they're going to do that well just a few days later on Thursday's game. We all know my stake or what I take from it, but I would like to know how you think they're going to perform on Thursday. Yeah, and, and it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game. I believe the Cowboys are going to wake, walk away with that with a field goal at the end of the game, and they're going to win it by they're a field goal. They're going to win by a field by goal. By a field goal. It's going to be close. And, and here's why I tell you why, though. Because they're going to take the event that took place today and use that as fuel in the next football game, in the, in, in the Thursday game. Because, yeah, believe it or not, I think that's what's going to happen. You know, when But you, I haven't seen the Cowboys use anything as fuel to propel them forward. Look at how many uh, injuries they've heard. I mean, had their main quarterback got injured. You would think... If anything, that would unify them and pull them together and propel propel them forward. That didn't do it. It did not, but I will say this. This took place before two defensive linemen got were actually pretty much released by the organization, by the Cowboys themselves. And I want to say maybe they were a little bit of a cancerous issue in the locker room. If you ask me, I don't know. But, I mean, we've seen the progression of the team from what they did. Yeah, we, we saw what they did with the Steelers. How they put them in pretty much, I don't want to say checkmate, but they checked them and said, hey, if you're going to come in here and try to beat us, good luck. Then we see them drive, and not drive, but travel to Minnesota and show Minnesota that, yeah, you can win four in a row, but you still have to go through the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, Washington ain't no different. If anything, they're let. Yeah. If Sorry. Anything, no, no, no. It wasn't that. It was we, we we agreed that we would not use any more double negative. Washington ain't no. That is not how we speak. 
Washington isn't. Washington will not be. There you go. Thank you. Go ahead. Jeez. I'm anyway. just saying. When but, I get excited, but I'm just, well, that you know that aggravates me because you're getting pumped up again. This is what's wrong with you, Cowboy fans. You get one win, and all of a sudden, oh, woo, woo, here we go all over again. You have not been proving yourself okay. all season long. Okay. You got one win, and you are all pumped up. I mean, that's that's what all of y'all do. But well, anyway. because you got to celebrate the wins that you get. Oh, I'm not saying don't celebrate it, but I'm <laughs> saying don't let it make you think that y'all are undefeatable. All of a sudden, you ain't going to the Super Bowl. No, well, I mean, Scooter said I, I, Scooter said we're going. What? Yes. Scooter. <laughs> I love him. It's we like, are going. That's all I do for the Cowboys is to I, watch, the Super Bowl. I watch him after it's all said and done. All right, guys, it's been real. Uh, we appreciate your time. 48 minutes into this podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening in. We appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. Have a great Thanksgiving. Stuff yourselves and then work it out. Stay safe. Oh, yes. Please. Wash your hands. Wash your nasty hands. Goodbye.